You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. Football Fever with Newstalk ZB's voice of football, Jason Pine and Bonnie Jansen. Yes, it is, and welcome into a fresh episode of Football Fever, your uh, podcast to keep up with all things Wellington Phoenix men and women and Kiwis playing overseas. I'm Jason Pine. Bonnie Jansen is here as well, and in Wellington this week. Hello, we're back home. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't miss uh, the the Wellington Phoenix last night taking on uh, Canberra. So I thought I'd make the special trip down. Well, it's great to see you. Uh, let's start there because both teams had wins over the weekend. The Wellington Phoenix men and women. The women needed it back in the winners' circle, snapping a four-game losing streak. A 2-0 victory over Canberra United at Potirua Park yesterday in a drama-filled match um, with the benefit of the overnight test and about 24 hours reflection. What stands out most to you when you think back to the game? I think it's just crazy how much they rely on on the home crowd. I, I it's my first time going to Potirua Park, and I thought the venue was absolutely amazing and um, just perfect for the team, really. And I didn't really know where to sit because you don't have assigned seats. And I've ended up landing in the yellow fever, which I realised about five minutes in. But that they were just great, and and you could see that the the team needed it, and and you know they came away with. I thought they played extremely well probably one of the best I've seen them played this season and yeah it was it was a great day all around it is a great venue for a um, for a football team like that a rectangular venue that holds uh, for those who haven't been to Potidoa Park the the main grandstand holds about a thousand and then you can sort of sit anywhere you like around the ground there aren't many places you can't get to um, so there were people sort of sunning themselves on the bank down at the southern end and others around the other side watching from a different viewpoint it's perfect for um, for A-League football, I think. Maybe not quite big enough, perhaps, if if you're looking at uh, a regular venue for the men's side. But for the women, I just think at the moment, in this in this uh, stage of their development, it's absolutely ideal. Um, let's talk about some of the talking points, and there were a few. Um, let's actually start with the main talking point, and that was the red card shown to Riley Foster. It looked completely innocuous. Um, I was in TV commentary, and, and I saw the red card brandished. Then we watched the replay with the incident that it was supposedly for, I'm sure you've looked back at it. How do you how do you reflect on it? Yeah, it was just it was interesting because I, I, I guess a downside to putting to a park is there's no big screen, so you can't see the replay as a fan. So I was pulling it up on my phone <laughs> in that moment, and yeah, it, it was hard to see what actually happened. And and I I don't think there's much in it. Maybe a yellow card, at, um, you know, if the, the player went down or whatever. But I, I don't think there should have been a red card or straight red nor a penalty. Um, so yeah, it was it was very confusing. Uh, but yeah, it, it was also confusing the way that the refs were like, what were they deliberating after for so long? Well, I think they were trying to get <laughs> Riley Foster <laughs> off the field for starters. <laughs> she did just was completely reluctant to go. Um, I, I think it's so soft. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a bit of push and shove. When the referee blew her whistle, I thought, oh, she's going in. Because, you know, sometimes at a corner when there's a bunch of players together, the ref will blow the whistle, go in and say, hey, you know, sort it out. We yeah. don't want any push and shove. And then the corner will come. Yeah. But then she And she reached in, and you said this to me afterwards as well, She and I noticed this when I watched the replay, she initially pulled out the yellow card out of her pocket. But I think she was always going for the red, but she got the wrong card and it just all became really convoluted. And as you say, I mean, we had the benefit up in the com box of seeing it. But yeah, for people in the in the crowd, they would have been like, 
what's going on? Yeah, it was confusing. And then when they were talking for so long and Riley Foster was just lingering on the field and Brianna Edwards was patiently, desperately waiting on the sideline for a moment, uh, we were all kind of like, what's going on? But, um, I mean, not not too much harm done for the Phoenix, obviously, when Bree came on. But, yeah, very confusing moment. It was indeed. Uh, more on the red card in a moment. But what it did do, as you just said, is lead to a terrific moment for... Uh, Brianna Edwards, who who hasn't had a lot of football this year. Uh, she's had to play second fiddle to Riley Foster, having been the goalkeeper for most of last season. Comes off the bench and with her first piece of action, saves a penalty. It's just a fairy tale for her, isn't it? Well, that's what I... And I don't know if this is harsh to say as a Wellington Phoenix fan, but I was kind of hoping that maybe Riley Foster did go off so we could see Bree for a good 30 minutes. I can't quite remember when it was, but... Um, and and the fact that Bree went on and did that and made that save and then backed it up with a couple of other big saves as well was just awesome and, and I'm really happy for her that she took that opportunity. Yeah, she's um she's such a real character. Um and afterwards she was uh, she did some post match media and told us that her mum had flown over uh to watch the game. I'm sure not, you know, knowing that Brianna wouldn't be starting, yep. but came over to watch anyway from Australia, landed at two o'clock in the morning, um, came to the game and said to Brianna, I'll be your lucky charm today. And she certainly wow. was. She certainly was her lucky charm and the team's lucky charm. But then Brianna Redwoods is a very good goalkeeper and will probably have to play next week. Although, having said that, there is uh, talk of an appeal of the red card. Uh, let's get to that. Paul Temple asked afterwards, the coach of the Wellington Phoenix women's side, what he made of the uh, of the penalty decision in particular. Sort of talked after the Brisbane game that I can see the replay. We saw the replay straight away. Look, I think when no players appeal for a free kick and... 2,000 people all shout what at the top of their voice tells you that it's a, a pretty suspect call. Um, it's such a shame because like this league, like teams are beating each other. The entertainment's unbelievable. These girls are giving everything and I'll probably get in trouble, but the, the refereeing is just not up to the level. And, it's, and we're, we're getting sucker punched with massive decisions every week that completely turn the game. Um, and... Yeah, it's, uh, it's just not good enough. That We just need to do better as a league. And um, why are we putting debut referees on in round 13, 14 of the season? I, I don't know. I see an amazing female referee refereeing a men's game last night, but we don't get her in our league. So, But these are all questions for the A-League to answer. For me, it's just really disappointing because the product's so good and, and today it really, really affected the, the game. And, um, yeah, we had, to, we had to basically hang on for 25 minutes when we were really attacking and going forward. It was, uh, it was a shame. Will you appeal the red? Yeah, 100% will appeal the red, yeah. It's like every angle of every replay, sort of like there's just huge question marks over even if it's a foul, let alone a red card. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll appeal it, um, but... Look, it created an amazing moment for Brianna, and she uh, she did fantastic, like with the penalty. So uh, I'm delighted for her, and she came on and stepped up, and that just gave everyone the energy for the last 25. I think I think if that had gone in, the the energy would have like been sucked out, and it would have been tough. Um, but that penalty save really kind of helped us get through to the end. That's the voice of Paul Temple, the Wellington Phoenix coach. They will appeal it. I don't think they'll um, have any joy. Uh, normally, the officiating team stick with the on-field decision, so. I guess the the positive side of that for Brianna Edwards is she gets the opportunity to play against Newcastle on Sunday night 
and stake a claim. You know, it doesn't matter how it's come about. I think she's got the opportunity to stake a claim for, for the uh, number one spot between the sticks. Absolutely, and we've been talking about that on the last couple of weeks on this podcast is we would like to see her have a go. You know, Riley Foster, regardless of this, she's made a couple of key mistakes in the last few matches. So, uh, yeah, it's an opportunity for Bree and also the team and Paul Temple to see how she goes. Other talking points from the game, Mariana Speckmeyer opening the scoring and then scoring again just after half-time. She's been another one who's um, who's had her trials and tribulations, particularly in the last month or so, but that's now three goals in two games for her. You hope that it's the start of a, of a real run for Mariana Speckmeyer because strikers just love scoring goals, don't they? And she got two yesterday. Yeah, she's looking good and especially good alongside Isabel Cox. I was really impressed to see some good minutes out of her and, and I think they're, they're roommates and I saw Isabel Cox posts on Instagram last night and, and you can see that kind of connection on the field is really working well so uh, good on them and it's yeah again positive for the team. Yeah she's been a great acquisition hasn't she? A couple of other players wanted to uh, get your opinion on. Annalie Longo still running deep deep into the game uh, I just think she leads this team so well uh, uses her experience but yeah it was the 94th 95th minute and she's taking the ball deep into Canberra territory then sucking in a foul you know just just all the experience that you need from, from somebody with a club still in its fairly early stages of development. Yeah, absolutely. Flea's, uh yeah, going great guns, I think, growing every game, and, and we need that for that team because it is quite a young side and we've got a few from overseas, so I think she's keeping that team grounded, and I also think it, she's going to put her hand up now for the for the Ferns later this year with the Olympics. Uh, she's she's looking good and, and pretty fit and strong, as you say. Yeah, I kind of think she has to be there. Zoe McMeekin was another one. Uh, she was all over the place. Uh, and, and there was a formation change of sorts at half-time. They kind of looked like they went through it. Because she started off at left back, and then she turned up on the right wing, and then she was charging through the centre-forward channel. She's just all action, Zoe McMeekin. Yeah, again, another one who's taken her opportunity. You know, we saw her in the first couple of seasons, and she was quite young uh, and but a starter because the team was young and that's all they had and then she missed out on on the start of the season this year not making the squads but um yeah good on her for taking her opportunity you know as they lost a few players and yeah I, I think she's a, another one that Yekyukum Kova could be keeping her eye on. And uh, there's now starting to uh, build a little bit of competition for places. No Mackenzie Barry or Mickey Foster yesterday, both ruled out with little hamstring niggles. Tiana Jaber with her first start, thought she was good. Rebecca Lake, very good. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of competition for, for some of these spots now. There is, and, and it's good because, you know, when, when those... Uh we, they lost all those players. It was kind of a bit touch and go. Where's the depth? And and they had a couple of academy players come off the bench yesterday. So yeah, it's a, a positive signs. I just hope that it's it's not just one of those home game wins that they seem to do so well, but then they can't back it up across the ditch. So fingers crossed they can continue with this momentum. Yeah, you land on a good point there because it's just been night and day, home and away, hasn't it? They've 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 yep. been very very good on home soil, but just almost completely unable to to replicate that across the Tasman. They'll have a chance this coming Sunday night against ninth-placed Newcastle. Uh, This result takes the Phoenix up to seventh. Yeah, just a word on the debut for the Academy teenagers, Ella McMillan and Daisy Brazendale at the end. A special moment for those two. Uh, And quite courageous, I thought, too. I'm I'm not sure whether Paul Temple would have put them on at 1-0 up. But at 2-0 up, I just quite like the courage of, of sending on a couple of youngsters on debut and saying, hey, help us 
see this out. Yeah, I was. It was interesting being there and being, seeing it live, and you could see what was playing out on the bench. And I felt quite sad for Alyssa Winham because she got called to start warming up, and then that red card happened. And so obviously they had to change tact, and then Alyssa Winham didn't take the park. But good on those young players for coming on. And that's another thing that impressed me yesterday is, and these it, we've seen a few games now where the Phoenix have taken the lead but then lost it in the second half, and they had. You know everything against them to lose it. They went down to ten players for a good thirty minutes. So uh, the fact that they could hold out that two 0 lead was pretty impressive. Yeah, just a third clean sheet of the season and a real confidence boost for the side. As I say, next up for them, ninth placed Newcastle away on Sunday night. This is football fever. Let's move to the Wellington Phoenix men who stay top of the A-League ladder with a 2-1 win over Newcastle. Alex Roofer didn't score any goals in his first 106 games. He's got three and three now. Two of them are penalties, admittedly, but reigning goals for Alex Roofer. Uh, Trent Bahaja equalised and then Oscar Zavada hasn't played since December the 9th, missed the last six games, comes on, scores the winner. What a hero for Wellington. Honestly, like, what a game. But can, can we just talk about the fact that you said the Wellington Phoenix stay top of the table? Like, can you believe that we're actually talking about the Wellington Phoenix men at the top of the table two weeks? Like, you know, it's just crazy. It really is. And and I know we've talked about this in, in the past on the podcast, but every single pre-season prediction had them in the bottom two. Every single one. I even found, uh, I was just scrolling through Twitter the other day, and I found an old tweet which was, Basically, here's the squad list for the Wellington Phoenix for the season ahead. So it had been posted in October or whenever. And all of the replies, every single one, had there were pictures of wooden spoons. There were bottom two incoming, wooden spoon incoming. Nobody picked this at all. And yeah, as you say, you, you sort of say the words. And we're starting to get used to it now because it's it, you know it, it has been building over the last little while. But yeah, you look at the table and... 11 teams below Wellington. It, it, it's it's crazy, really. Yeah, I feel like they're the new Warriors. Like, we're going to be saying up the Knicks soon. Like, and, and they're, you know, going to be getting bigger crowds. But, yeah, it's awesome. And, and on that game, just incredible that uh, Oscar Zavada is back and a shame not to see Barbarossa score because I feel like there's going to be a little competition there now. But, um, yeah, it's it's they're going great guns again and, and really stoked for them. That's the thing when Oscar Zavada got injured and you're worried because he's the obvious source of goals for this team. But since he hasn't been there, Costa Barbarossa's has stepped up. So now you think, OK, well, can and will Costa Barbarossa's and Oscar Zavada coexist as a strike partnership? Because they've changed the way they play without Zavada. Big, tall, strapping centre forward. They're not putting as many crosses into the box because they don't have the aerial threat that he provides. So another challenge for, a nice one, admittedly, for Chiefy, to, to fit them both into the same team once Zavada is ready to start games again. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a great problem to have. And, and there's other players as well in the mix, you know, and, and another one who we talk about often is Ben Old. And, and now they've got options coming off the bench. Maybe we, we you know, you could see Barbarossa's come off the bench for a good 30 minutes and get a couple of goals maybe, but um, yeah, a great problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. and, and yeah, you're right, you can't fit them all in. Once Zavada's back, then obviously if he starts, somebody has to drop out, and, and we, as you say, Ben Old didn't start the other night, but I just thought he was superb when he came on. I mean, I feel like he can be anything he wants to be yeah. in football, just such a high ceiling. Um, one of those I think Phoenix fans should enjoy him while he's here. Um, Sam Sutton and Lucas Kelly-Heald both started 
that's a, a first this season. They've been vying for that left-back spot, but Kelly Heald started at left-back. Sam Sutton was a bit further advanced. Uh, thought that was an interesting little innovation. And Nick Pennington across at right-back uh, with Tim Payne suspended, and he is again on Friday night against Brisbane. So, um, yeah, he's had to tinker a little bit, Chief, but um, like you say, the, the depth does seem to be there. Well, yeah, it's um, it's good that he's got options, but at the same time, you know, maybe you don't want to bring Zavada back in too soon and start him because it has been working so well. Like, why why change something that's been going so good? And they've, they've done more than all right without him. And, yes, obviously we need him back and we need him on the park, but, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't go around making too many changes if I were Chiefy. Just uh, a little bit of news that's floating around today, uh, and we're recording this Monday lunchtime, so by the time you listen to it, this might even have happened. But there are reports out of Costa Rica that defensive midfielder Houston Salas is close to signing with the Phoenix on loan until the end of the season with an option to buy after that. He was part of the Costa Rica squad that went to the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Uh, plenty of mail around about him perhaps landing at Wellington Phoenix HQ. Um, a defensive midfielder, um, you know, obviously they've got Rufa, they've got Pennington, they've got Mohamed El Tay, they've got Finn Conchi, who we haven't seen a lot of. Um, but um, when you've got an international class player on your radar who's been to a World Cup and is clearly a, a pretty decent footballer, I guess you have to look at it. More depth, yeah, there you go. And and maybe they're eyeing up next season as well. If there's a possibility to keep him around because uh, we know that Auckland team coming in, maybe a few players are going to be heading up north. So, yeah, not a not a bad thing. But, yeah, again, it, it, I don't want to change the vibes that are going on. It's, it's working so well, so let's not have too much change. All right, next for the Phoenix. They stay in Australia. Ninth placed Brisbane on Friday night. No Alex Roofer. He's suspended. Fifth yellow card the other night. Uh, but I guess if you were going to lose Alex Rufa for a game, you'd probably prefer it was a game against the ninth place side rather than the following game, which is the Waitangi Day clash against the third placed Central Coast Mariners, who are travelling along pretty well. So Brisbane away on Friday, and then the Mariners at home on Waitangi Day for the Wellington Phoenix men. Football, football fever. Let's finish with Kiwis playing overseas. I've got a couple to go through, but Millie Clegg is an interesting little uh, little side uh, side story in recent times. We know she was um, with the Wellington Phoenix, uh, made the football ferns, uh, was part of the World Cup squad, went to the Western Sydney Wanderers, hardly played there because of an injury, but now she's turned up in the United States. I know. When I saw it, I couldn't believe it. Um, she's been, yeah, she's had a, a great last 18 months and, and done really well, but we didn't see a lot of her at the World Cup because she had this kind of lingering injury. And uh, again, at, at Western Sydney, where I thought she was, you know, going to be a consistent starter there, but again, just injured throughout. But then to see her pop up in the NWSL, one of the best leagues in the world, uh, is just crazy. So, uh, yeah, good on her. And she'll be playing, I believe, with Abby Ursig uh, there so for Racing Louisville. So, yeah, really exciting for her. Hopefully she can get some, some consistent game time. Absolutely, yeah. Big part of the future of the uh, of the football ferns for sure. Uh, a couple of other Kiwis playing overseas of note. Uh, Libby Kakachi had a big game for Empoli against Serie A leaders Juventus the other day. Uh, 90 minutes he played, a nil-all draw. Um, Empoli uh, right down the bottom. In fact, they're in the relegation zone. So to um, to get a point away at Juventus, a very good result. Callan Elliott has signed uh, for Motherwell until the end of the season. The Scottish side, he was on the bench the other day, hasn't had his first 
minutes for his new club yet. Uh, Max Crocombe, another clean sheet for him and goal for Burton Albion. Matt Dibley-Diaz, remember him? He uh, was called into the all-white squad back in October and while he was there he picked up a hamstring injury. He hasn't played since then uh, but returned overnight on the bench for the Fulham under-21 side as they played the Liverpool under-21 side. He got about 20 minutes at the end so good to see Matt Dibley-Diaz back. And Katie Kitching scoring a direct free kick goal in Sunderland's latest win, 2-0 away at Blackburn. Keeps them in second place, just one point behind the leaders. Charlton, just a little snapshot of some of the Kiwis playing around the world. I think that's another podcast done and dusted. Bonnie, it's great to have you here in Wellington. You should come down more often. It sounds like you might be the lucky charm for Wellington Phoenix's women's side. Maybe, maybe. But uh, great to be here, Piney, and, and hopefully more wins on the board. Let's hope so for both the Wellington Phoenix men and women. A fresh podcast dropping into your podcast feed around about the same time next Monday. Football Fever on iHeartRadio. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.